I am unashamed. What about you? It's interesting just looking at Acts chapter 9 and 10, chapter 8, the last part of chapter 8, and you got 9 over here, and 10's fixing to start. But if you just took the time, this is called open page. You got a page on your left, you got a page on your right. You got a couple of pages of scripture. But in that short of place to look, we're in the book of Acts. Uh, there's some fellow out of Ethiopia. God sent a man down there to talk to him. Philip began with Isaiah 53 over there because the eunuch didn't know who Jesus was. He tells him, started with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. You're like, that's interesting. Well, if you just look at it, it tells Saul's conversion. That's another one. I'm still just on the same page. Well, there's the eunuch. Let's see. Told him the good news about Jesus. Why shouldn't I be baptized? He went down the water. Philip baptized him. There's Saul of Tarsus. Scales came off his eyes. He's had a change of heart. Jesus has struck him down personally. So you got Philip. He's getting the Ethiopian eunuch in the middle of nowhere. The apostle Paul, Jesus appears to him personally. You say, uh, got a job for you to do. Immediately after all the smoke cleared, he went to Ananias. Ananias said, I'm going to tell you what you have to do. Something like scales fell from his eyes. He's been blinded by Jesus. He got his attention. He never argued with, with Jesus over it. And he's going around killing people who follow him. <laughs> he's killing people who follow him. You got a story on top of one with the eunuch. And here you got Saul. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regains his strength. Then you read uh, verse 31 of chapter 9, the same still page. The church throughout Judea, Samaria, Galilee, Samaria, had a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Here's an interesting little statement. And it grew in numbers. They covered a couple of them for you. What they heard and their response to it. And I'm just on a couple of pages in the book of Acts. It would seem to me, if, if that's the case, you start back at the beginning of Acts, third verse in. After his suffering, Jesus died on a cross. He showed himself to these men, must have been resurrected, and he uh, was convincing them he was alive. Fast forward 2000, and then they get up. Peter preaches a sermon. You killed him, nailed him by on a cross. God has raised him from the dead. What do we do? You, you, they responded, he baptized him. How many times and how much redundancy would there have to be for someone to say, well, they went around proclaiming Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. That's two or three pages in the Bible. You would think. People would just go forth and do what Jesus said. Uh, I got all the authority. I just beat death and I've removed the sins of the world. Go and make disciples and you baptize them. It looks like we all could come together at least on that. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> I mean, give me a break here. <laughs> you say, yeah, he just keeps repeating himself. I wonder how many... 
Look, the first sentence in the book of Acts, in my former book, the obelisk, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. And then it gives a replay of him leaving. That's Acts 1, the beginning of the book. And you go over there to the last statement in the book of Acts. You'd say, I wonder what the first thing he said was. Jesus, him crucified and raised from the dead, going back into heaven. You say, and then it all unfolds. The last thing it says in the book of Acts, well, well, you know, boldly and without hindrance, Paul preached. He was an unbeliever when it started. He was going around killing Christians. Now he's on a different wavelength and a different message. He preached the kingdom of God. Well, how could you preach it if it, weren't, it, was, it wasn't there? He preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did, what he's now doing, what he will do. First statement in the book of Acts, last statement. I'm like, what is it, hiding in plain sight? How? What's what's the? So welcome back to the podcast, Mike. Oh, that's uh, good to be here. <laughs> that's, it's good that's, to get another sermon on. There that. you go. There, so we got our. There's mic. a short sermonette on. For look at the Book of Acts for crying out like loud, it. and tell me what it was about. Well, <laughs> well, you started with the the beginning and the end. And there's a bunch of stuff happening in between. Oh, and you know one of those things was they had to fight the same thing that culture's fighting today. Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. They had to try to figure out, take the gospel to a, a different group of people of a different race and different religion. And Acts 10, all of a sudden, you would think Peter had gotten it by now, but you know, in Acts, in Acts uh, six, you, they're arguing over which of the widows to take care of. So yep. They get a little problem. Acts eight, they go to Samaritans. That's stretching them out some more. Cause they didn't get along with them either. Yep. And then all of a sudden Acts 10, the whole thing comes open to the Gentiles, and that's going to challenge everybody yep. that ever had a, a prejudice bone in their He's body. He's taking the food laws out of in front of them. No more food laws. I thought about that, Phil, the passage in Acts 10. The, the, the one that y'all had an old T-shirt, the rise, kill, and eat. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Orders from headquarters. That's what we always that's used right. to say. That's that's why you need. They're still up. arguing about whether you can eat meat, whether you can eat this and that one other. They're still to this day saying, "Oh well, I don't think you ought to eat that." They're still arguing about food, and they're making up food laws as they go. You just read through the Bible and you say, "Nah." Well, uh, it, and Mike talked about this Sunday in his sermon, which was excellent. He Mike preached this text, which which is why I wanted to be on the podcast today because he's we've been studying this together that. So many people approach the book of Acts trying to create a pattern theology. In other yep. words, to make rules up because, well, this is the way they did it here, this way they did it there. Mike, Mike made a, a fantastic point that we're not, Jesus never intended for the first century church to be anything but the first century church. It just happened to be the time when they were doing this. We're the twenty. We're in the twenty first century. Things change. You know, Things you did change. the, the name. Right. That was the name of your sermon. Yeah, I remember old Jack Exum Jack used Exum, to preach. Remember? He would always say, "Things change." <laughs> well, the thing about that is, in Acts, there's no there's no verse in the Bible that says, "As a church, go reproduce the church in the Bible." There's no verse that says there. that. That's right. But there is a verse that says, "Go reproduce Jesus in your life." Exactly. Yep. Well, when you get that going, then the body takes care of itself. Yep. And so, old Peter here, he finds it. It's interesting here. He gets there's two visions at the be in in the first this first chapter uh, chapter ten here. One Cornelius has, and at the same time, Peter has one. They both have a vision. 
uh, and they both act on it, and it pulls them together in harmony for the gospel to be preached and for God to do what he wants to do there. Uh, It says that Peter was on top of that roof and that he was uh, hungry, and then he went into a trance. Yep. Uh, I kind of do that the other way around. I get hungry, eat, and then I go into a trance. You know? But, but, but Meat, has, sweats, anybody? Oh, yeah, you know. So but food is on his mind. And boy, did, did the Almighty give him a thing. You know, here comes a giant movie screen dropping out of the heavens, you know, like four corners, you know, and it contained all four-footed animals, birds are there, rubber. He didn't want you to miss it. Right. And he says, Get up and kill him and eat him, Peter. Peter, whoa, whoa, are you talking to me? He said, yeah, I'm talking to you. No more food law, son. Yeah. The Gentiles are going to be brought in. And what's interesting, uh, Kelly, is that the topic they chose was the one that caused so much division among them, food laws, That's what right. you can eat and what you can't eat. Which is really interesting because you, you see it all the way through. Paul had to write whole chapters uh, in his books about and it. all the way through, Al, it's down to 2021 years since he showed <laughs> still up. Doing like, it. They're still arguing <laughs> exactly. about the food laws. That's I'm right. like, you know, it, kill it and grill it. But uh, they, they, they're like, boy, you, you. It reminded me. Remember the woman, the uh, the Australian journalist that did the story on you for Time Magazine, yep. and she was a, a vegan. Yep, and so. She she was like she was curious because she was asking you about it, but then y'all got into a whole discussion about it. You were like, you know, I don't care if you eat vegetables; it's just that's all you want. But I mean, I like meat. What's wrong with it? why? Why is because she was like a you know pretty militant about it. I said, did you get your don't eat animal? Did you get it from the Bible, or did you get it from some other source? <laughs> Who told you that? And she said, oh no, I'm not religious at all. I said, so it's not on biblical principles that the food laws. I said, so where did you get the information? She said, well, I'm not quite sure. I said, I am. Somebody put that in your head. You got up one morning and said, I'm going to chastise everyone who eats meat. I'm like, look. I said, I don't care what you eat. I said, why would you be worried about what I put in my mouth? I said, I'm not getting it here. But anyway, I just told her, Went through about a 15 or 20 minute deal. I showed her, I said, what about fruit? Is that in or out with you? She said, no, fruit, fruit's fine. You can eat fruit. I said, pretty well any kind of fruit, yeah. So I showed her that we made mayhaws from mayhaw jelly. I said, fruit, it grows in the woods along with the animals crawling around, squirrels, yeah, we eat them. And, you know, rabbits and deer and ducks. I said, but fruit comes out of the same place. Mm -hmm. I said, so we pick it. And we, I said, it's jelly in. Can you eat mayhaws, fruit out of the woods? She said, oh, yeah, I'm good. I said, well, come in here. So I gave her some mayhaw jelly on a teaspoon. I said, tell me what you think. She said, oh, my goodness, that is delicious. <laughs> I said, right out of the woods. I said, we're free to eat it. So are you. I said, anything out there, just eat it. I said, meat's the same way. So... She, we talked further. She leaves. She said, could you uh, suggest a restaurant for me? I thought, let me see. I said, what restaurant cooks good veggies? So I gave her one up here in Monroe. We it had was, eaten it. It was at Cotton, yeah. Cotton. I said, I said, go by there. There. I said, they have great veggies. I said, you'll love it. So a month went by. She published the article. She didn't bad mind the over she the didn't. food She did She was very fair. And she told Al, she said, by the way, your dad recommended a restaurant for me, and 
And I, while I was there, I tried the braised duck. <laughs> and she said, it was delicious. <laughs> you may she have had a moment, Keller, and the duck won her over. She ate braised duck. She said, you know what? <laughs> maybe maybe I, that old dude's right. Maybe I need to rethink this. See, there's different ways of getting into it. But, but you were very... I thought you did it the right. Instead of like, it wasn't an argument. You were just kind of making. Oh, I love the woman. She was, she was, and she she did grab for Time Magazine. Now, to be honest with you, I was expecting not to be quite so fair. You You never know. know. You never know. Well, that that is true. You never know. And you know that's one of the things Peter ran into. I mean, he didn't even even with the vision, he wasn't totally convinced yet because he's trying to figure out what the what the vision meant there in Acts ten. And then these three guys show up and say, "Look, our our boss this." Gentile Roman guy is in charge of a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Come to the house and uh, uh, teach him." I was thinking about the humility of that. Here, this uh, centurion is this guy who's willing to learn from a Jewish fisherman. Now, he's got to have some. There's got to be some great honesty of heart about him. Yeah, some great humility. Uh, uh, I mean, he really wanted to do the right thing, but he still needed to be taught the gospel. And uh, uh, and he's had a vision, which, by the way, uh, miracles happen in, in people's lives, whether a lot of times whether they're followers or not. I mean, God uses a lot of different things. Yep. And this time, he's going to convince Jews Gentiles can be right. He's going to use the same miracle of pouring out the Spirit and speaking languages so those Jewish believers will say, "Hey, these Gentiles can be." So it was that heart of a prejudice that God. The division worked. was the wide was and entrenched. And look, and, and you're right; it goes both ways. Let's let's take a quick break. So, Mike, we talked about <clears throat> how many good things that we've been able to do through the pandemic in terms of through digital computer. We're upgrading a lot of our stuff oh, at yeah, the church. It's it's been really good. Unfortunately. As with anything, there there's good and there's evil. So we know there's a lot of evil and a lot of cutting up and a lot of bad things that are going on uh, out there in, uh, as Dad calls it, computer land. One of the things that's happened, cybercrime is up 75% uh, because so many oh, wow. people are online. And one of the things that is up, uh, one of the serious crimes is something called home title theft, which I never even thought about until it started happening to people, that your title to your home is kept somewhere digitally, you know, by a lender or banker somewhere. And so these people are hacking in and they steal your title. They sign your house over to them. They they, sell it or something. And they buy, borrow a bunch of money against it. And then you go into foreclosure. You didn't even realize you have your own house. This is happening quite a bit. So there's a company, uh, home title lock that, uh, has a great product to be able to protect your title. And, uh, so you, if you want to check these guys out, you go to hometitlelock.com. You register your address to make sure you're not already a victim. Use the code RADIO, and you're going to receive 30 days of free protection just for checking them out. So it's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO and protect your title. It, it goes both ways because you're right. What what uh, what centurion would, would, would be humble enough to seek out a Jewish fisherman? But he was a seeker. I was plus. Like, just look at the division, Al. When the when 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 Peter and them they went inside, found a large gathering. Before that, it says Peter. Let's see. Peter entered the house. Here he's visiting with Gentiles. Uh oh. 
Now, just look at the division and how deep racism can go. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. He said, good night. There's a Jew, and he's come to my house. Do you yeah. just think how deep-rooted racism was? That's right. I mean, it was something. And he fell at his feet, and Peter, Peter said, hey, get up. Stand up. This is something that America should uh, realize and in a hurry. I am only a man myself. So talking with Peter, they went inside. God shows them what to do. And old Peter has a moment, and he says in verse 54, 34, 5, Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Al, the only place where you're going to find a zone where there is no favoritism is with the people of God. That's right. There is none. That's right. But and that's lingered, and to this day, still there. If you don't agree with our narrative, and you don't, yep. you, you need to try not to be so white or try not to be so black. The right. color of people's skins. Yep. It, it's it's an argument. That is a, a sad thing to watch. It is, and it's so it's so ridiculous anyway because we've talked about this before. The people we're reading about here were brown people. I mean, go look at go look at Israel. They're not they're not white. Sure. <laughs> so so somehow this idea about white fragility and white privilege and all that. I mean, like the people in the Bible are people of color. We're all people of color, and and you said it beautifully Sunday, Mike. I mean. It does the red and yellow, black and white, right? I mean, we've been singing it our whole life. It's the only place in. And they're saying, "Try not to be so white." And I'm looking down, thinking, (laughs) "I didn't have anything to do with what color I am. I just nor nor does anybody, right? Well, look, we look. God, God made everybody in His image, and in Acts, in Acts 17, He says He's made from one man. Every nation. Every nation. Yeah. Which that's coming up to reinforce, get off the favoritism. Yeah, get off of it because everybody's made in the image of God. Everybody's valuable. And so it doesn't matter. what color. We don't need to be colorblind. That mm-hmm. denies how God made people. And a large IQ, not we, necessary. No, no. no we, but we need to be colorful in the church. Yeah, right. But not colorblind. We need everybody's with talents, abilities, regardless of how you were raised, to be used to the glory of God. Yep. But uh, but man, they had a difficult time with it, uh, and and we're having a difficult time. I, I think about our our nation, and uh, uh, and the the struggles people have to treat people right, and then the the way that somehow or another, if we can legally make it happen, that that's going to solve everybody. The legal system does not change people's hearts. Yep. So you're not going to solve racism. I was looking for the word racism in the Bible, couldn't find it. That's right. And but I could find. Prejudice and yep. favoritism yep. all over the place, right. yep. and God saying that the gospel, it is for everybody. Yep. Which everybody is about. You tell the value of some something by how, what's paid for it, and what was paid for the every man was the blood of Christ. That's how valuable everybody is. Yep, it's it's one race. It's uh, you've said it before, Phil. It's the human race, yep. and uh, that's what Peter was really trying to to break open there. That all of a sudden these. Gentiles can all have the gospel just like everybody else and need to. Matter of fact, that's what Paul all of a sudden emphasizes and says, God even used the Jewish jealousy by converting the Gentiles to try to get more of them saved. Saul of Tarsus went from a a murderous, blaspheming, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Oh, he, he went from that to a son of God, and it didn't take him long. Either. He was the up and coming Pharisee of Pharisees, and he was bold enough that he just decided he just went and started rounding people up. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Saul really did have that extra degree. I mean, there was no way he was having anything for a Gentile. He didn't even like the Jewish Christians. That's right. And then little did he know that God had prepared the rest of his life for 30-plus years. He would be the key envoy to going and converting all these Gentiles. He said himself he was set aside from birth. From birth, yeah. He said, but, of course, he didn't add, (laughs) but I could add it, but he didn't know it it was coming. For the first 30 years, he had no idea, which is really interesting. And even in this context we're talking about today, it's, you know, Peter and the people he took with him to Cornelius' house, they were as much the converted in this story as Cornelius was. Oh, that's exactly right. Adam. I mean, in other words, the what, that's true. Because when you remember when in back in Acts two, when they got when the Holy Spirit fell on them, they're speaking these languages. They were doing that obviously to convince these people to listen to them on the day of Pentecost. Now we're we're fast forward about ten years in the storyline here, and here Peter is. They go there. He's not sure why. I mean, remember it took the sheet three times. He says surprised of the Gentiles. Right. It took three times. Mike said yeah, it, Peter has a problem with three. <laughs> <He does. laughs> it takes three times to get through. So then he goes, and then he's shocked when the Holy Spirit falls on these people and they start speaking in languages again. He's like, What in the world? This is another day of Pentecost. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was almost like a second wave on this baptism of the Holy Spirit that we were talking about that Jesus told him it was. And coming. he basically said, Well, uh, he ends it up by saying, well, might as well baptize him too. So it looked like to me we're all... <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, well, how, how are we going to stop? So he he realized, to me, it was like a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story because it shows me that Peter, 10 years have gone by. They've been doing all this great stuff. But 10 years, Mike's right, he never understood no. that we, we're going to go... This is going worldwide. That's why we all need to realize... Uh, we need to give people, we need to instruct them and love them, no matter where they came from or what their ethnicity is. They, we need to, but we need to be able to give them a little time to digest because people are, well, you trying to tell me? To this day, you just look at America. What stuns me is, and I've told our brothers about this before, uh, we still have, to this day, black churches yep. and White churches, yep, and well, Asian churches. Church, and Christian, Asian church. There's a lot of that, that are still very. Out of all the things we do, we should realize we need to all come together. Under we're saying we're under one head, even Jesus and the black churches, and we're saying it in the white church. Why don't we just come together for crying out loud and meet together when we come together as a group? And it would be far more. Uh, what's the word? Uh, forceful and powerful if we did that. Right. So we still have a ways to go, even dating back 2,000 years ago and beyond that. But you, we're you, still struggling you know what's with interesting, this. Dad, with this. with this latest thing that's going on the last few years is really, it's, it's almost like the idea is we want to self-segregate. We want to go back. Like, the idea was we all need to be together as a people. Yep. That's what civil rights was about, and it was fantastic. Martin Luther King had it right. Oh, he was fantastic. He, I mean, he had the right mindset. And but look, he wouldn't. He was here not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Look at what, how that's changed just in a short fifty years. And now the ideas I was reading somewhere where all these uh, Ivy League schools are going back to their own graduation for every different group. So we got a 
black graduation. We got a white graduation. We got an LGBT graduation. We got a this one. We got an Asian. And I was like, what are they? That, the, it, the university is the idea that we bring people together. University, yeah, you know, to be able to teach all these different disciplines. Well, and the problem is, is that anytime you try to approach it, uh, in in order to solve someone's selfish desire, you're always going to have a problem. You know, Correct. And, and with somebody saying, "Look, that's this belongs to me, and I'm not getting it because of my color of my skin, or because of, I'm poor, or because of whatever other reason," if if that's the motive then it's always going to be problematic because yeah. it that's not what's going to bring people together is yeah. trying to satisfy each other. It's going to have to get back to the to being sold out uh, that God's answers are better than politicians. And it's pretty evident, Al, that it's not a governmental fix. Correct. It, it, it's a it's a heart it's a spiritual fix. That's right. It has to be. We talk about this all the time, and that's and it's what, a tough sale. It was a tough sale back then yep. in the Book of Acts in that day and age, and it's a tough sale now. Well, just, look, look at the problems though. Al. When 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 this happens, Peter runs into problems with his own church. Oh. Because yeah. those leaders are like, oh no, we don't know about this. Look, they killed had- these. They killed these guys. Not only did they cancel the Son of God, thinking they were rid of him, yep. they they violated Commandment Number Six that they had received fifteen hundred years earlier: "Do not murder." Well, they plainly murdered Jesus Christ. That's right. And Peter got up and told them that. So did Stephen. Yep. You say what they do before it was over. They started with. Jesus, and then there was Stephen, and then there was Saul, the Apostle Paul, and Peter. You say they killed them all. That's right. They basically, you want to talk about the cancel culture, this bunch here, and we're about this close to it. Well, and and it's the same type stuff. (laughs) 2,000 years later, you say. Let's take another break. So, Dad, have you checked uh, your VPN lately? My VPN? Yeah. No, is that something to eat? It's your virtual private network. No, that flew past me like a warm spring day. <laughs> Dad's not really up on computer lingo, man. Have you noticed that? He's, yeah. he's a simple man. He makes me feel like I know something about computers, <laughs> and I know nothing. <laughs> Basically, a virtual private network, VPN. it protects your data. And, and when you're looking up things on the Internet and you're searching things, your data gets out, these, these big companies... They gobble up your data, what you're looking for, and all that. Then they flood you with ads and all these different things. This is kind of how it works. My data is Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And, and, and that's not private, is steal it? Steal that. <laughs> We're trying to put that out there. Yeah. Well, for the rest of us who are trying to protect our data, uh, you can go to expressvpn.com slash fill, ironically, uh, and uh, get three extra months free if you sign up with these guys. So that's Express vpn.com slash bill three months free protect your data yeah you see the same thing and we've said this before when you when prejudice is involved of any kind or segregation you know separation violence will always be in the offing and it, it, it's amazing and again this is we're over 2,000 years later and what do you see when you separate people and there's all this doubt and distance, you see violence. You you see people turn to that same thing. It makes Jesus' statement, uh, uh, the two greatest commands in the Bible, is love God and love 
your neighbor. It goes on to say, love's the fulfillment of the law. Love does no harm to its neighbor. It's, it's a love problem, Al. It is. We have a big one in America, so and look, we're, we're even, struggling to show them the and way. But and it's even in churches. I mean, there. the church, because Peter's problem of his testimony is told in, in 11, two church leaders back in Jerusalem that had a hard time because they were criticizing him for what he'd been doing. Because yep. what he did was violate everything they'd been taught mm-hmm. about being in a being in a guy's house. First of all, he'd already violated being in Simon the Tanner's house. You know, Paul met him face to face in that Galatian letter because he was over there, got him a little group going yeah, over he there. He had a problem later on with it too. He had a problem later on. But the Tanner, he's dealing with dead animals and skins and he was unclean. And so here that Peter has somehow or another he rationalized, well, it's okay to stay with him. Hmm. It was okay to be at the Samaritan. So he's kind of gradually moving that direction. But still, kind of shocked that when the whole thing happens with the with the Gentiles, and it's almost like he's a step behind because it was saying, I thought about the Samaria deal you were talking about. Because remember, first they had somebody else went up there first. You remember Peter and John didn't come till later, till word got back to them that hey, now, you know what, Philip's God's, in there converting a bunch right. Of people. He's converting people, and all of a sudden, I mean, and they're they're getting these people are they're seeing it and they're coming to Jesus, but they didn't just run up there. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, and remember when Jesus was talking to the woman in John four. When they walked up and saw him talking to this Samaritan woman, they were like, what is he doing? They said yeah. they wouldn't say anything because, you know, they didn't want to get their snout snapped. No, you know, no. it, was, it was the deal. <laughs> but uh, they weren't questioning Jesus, but they did question him. She had about five husbands. The current husband she had, she was shacked up with. He's not your husband. You say you wouldn't think starting there or later on when the Apostle Paul and them when they were, he was Saul of Tarsus, so you wouldn't think they would start with that kind of the guy right. to and who ended up writing most of the New Testament. You're like a murdering heathen. But you but, remember after she was convinced, she went back to the town and she brought all those people out to him and it said many believed. And I wondered if that was the core that when they come back after Jesus, that was probably the group that got converted. You when know, Philip went down. When Philip Boys, went down. I, I think that's why the Bible's clear in First Corinthians 13, love never fails. It you really, know, really the, hosp- the hospitality thing here, too, I think is very, very important. We've lost a, a great skill here, uh, and the pandemic's made it even worse. Yep. Uh, having people in your home, when you get people's legs under your table and you eat with them and you, you'll get to know who they are and what's going on with them. That's right. And we got to do that with different colored people. We have to do that with different, whether yep. they're rich or whether they're poor, uh, folks from different countries, different backgrounds. When you sit around and eat together and can talk, uh, things happen at the dinner table that don't happen anywhere else. And Peter gets invited to this guy's house. They sit down, they visit, they eat together and and matter of fact, he implores him to stay longer and keep keep teaching them. But there's something powerful about that spirit of hospitality. Physical food, whether it be physical food or spiritual food, a lot can get accomplished over a meal in the scriptures. How many people have been fed at your your house? Dad? It says it over and over. <laughs> practice hospitality, and it does add for all you out there. <laughs> Without grumbling, <laughs> so you can't say I've never seen people eat that much. <laughs> <laughs> or had, what that cost for us to do that? If Did you it? ever go to analyzing the cost right. of hospitality, Al, you'll quit. That's oh, exactly right. One time I asked you, Phil, I don't know if you remember, one of one of our leaders made. I said, Phil, what's the difference between when you first started and and now that you kind of got a little something going on? And your answer was, 
We have a better grade of meat. Yeah, <laughs> the menu. The menu. <laughs> yeah. Right. Used to That's it true. was used to it was hamburgers. Now it's you know a mess. It's going to be. Stuff. You know when you dig into a pot and the first thing you see are squirrel heads, you're like, yo, <laughs> y'all sit down. We got some squirrel and dumpling today. And then they see the squirrel. Like, yeah. We took their eyes out because that makes it worse. You, know, you better pop, pop them eyes out and throw them in the trash. <laughs> But just something about the, about looks the like look a rat. of squirrel heads. It, look, it looks like a big rat in a pot, but they are delicious, I have to say. They're really they're good. They're of the rodent family, but they they're are. a fine eating thing. They are good. But think about the variety of kinds of people, Phil, that have come down to your house. Man. I mean, just the variety of where they come from, different countries, nations, races. I mean, just think about all the different ones. Yesterday here, there were, there were two family groups of artists and I told him when I yeah, first they were on the podcast. I, I first saw both of them when I first met them. Phyllis's husband, my long lost daughter, she's married to an artist. They walked in the door. I said, So what what do you do for a living there? He said, I'm an artist. I said, Man, that makes you weird being an artist. I said, But the good news is weirdness is in down here. I said, You're gonna fit right in. Well, yesterday another one showed up from California. We talked to him, old yeah. Aaron. Noah. But uh, Noah. But uh, I was impressed with those artists, weren't you? Oh man, that Noah. I mean, they're looking at things, you know, like I, I'm not looking at it. Yeah, but, right. They got a different way of viewing the world. And then but... there we had a carpenter with us, a woodworker. Yep. So who made then, our new table. Then That's we right. had duck call makers. Yep. But all but so it's a lot of different facets, a lot of groups of individuals it is. that you just some of you say, Well, what artists are weird. Let's face it, you say, right. Come on in. Today we got another gallery. We got the hamburger ma- uh, maven. We got uh, my cousins. We got out- outdoor people. I mean, it's just the beauty of it is that's what Christianity is about. Yep. It's about people embracing because of a forever family that's what you know we we coined the phrase forever, forever family, family or maybe bill smith did but whoever did it it was Bring right it everybody under one head even christ i mean you know it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch so that was a so uh let's take another break so mike uh i know that susan uh your wife is really big on like searching ancestry. And, oh yeah, she's and big into genealogy. If we go on a trip, it's not a good trip unless we've been in a courtyard or courthouse and a cemetery graveyard. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, has she ever done the ancestry DNA? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's uh, one of our sponsors is uh, Ancestry DNA. Which is really fascinating, and and some people like love it. I mean, like Susan's like, oh, they're getting she runs it. out all the threads to figure out who, yeah. who's in your heritage and things like but, that. But you know, my side out <laughs> up in Arkansas, that tree doesn't branch a lot, so <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of more of a straight tree, right? <laughs> yeah. Family tree that doesn't pour. So if you want to check these guys out, it's it's really interesting and fun. Of course, our story was huge on ancestry because we <laughs> that's how we found out I had a sister. Yeah, yeah. because they did ancestry dot com. So you go there to their um, your ancestry.com slash Phil. You're going to get their Ancestry DNA kit and you start your free trial uh, just to find out where you belong, where you came from. Ancestry.com slash Phil and start checking it out. So there was a, uh, we were going to do a video testimony and we just didn't get around to it because we've been doing a lot of video testimonies, including Dab in this sermon series. And we were going to do one of our sisters, and her name is Betty Cooper. And uh, Betty is a brilliant, she's an African-American woman, super smart, 
taught computer for college professor. Thirty years in college, she taught me. Yeah, and uh, so she was my she was my professor. She was married to an auto mechanic named Albert. Yeah, just salt of the earth person, but right, but yeah. but just the opposite of his wife. I mean, he was just a mechanic guy, good with his hands, you know. And then he got like real bad rheumatoid arthritis before he died. But this family has been with us at Weiss Ferry Road all the years we've been there, and. I just found it interesting. So I'm in Betty's class in college. She's teaching me computer programming. And so she's our instructor, and she's great. She's funny, and she's a, this brilliant person. And then on Sundays, she was in my class, you know, because I'm teaching at WFR, and she's right there on the third row, you know, her and Albert. And it struck me in that moment that that's what it should look like. And the, in yeah. other words, the idea is she's instructing me, I'm instructing her in the Word of God. We love each other as a brother and sister. The color of skin meant nothing yep. to either one of us. We recognize we were different. We came from different It's a beautiful thing. It's what it should be, right? Yep. I mean, yep. the idea that anybody has things to contribute no matter what. Yeah, and you can't find that out if you're not with people. That's right. You got to be with them. You got to sit down somewhere, eat together, talk, and and share ideas and learn from each other. And I love that about look. Peter's learning the big lesson, but so so is Cornelius. And I think it's great because he has his family there, so he's going to pass that right on down to the next generation to make sure this thing keeps going. That's right. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I think we've had people pass down from one generation to another the opposite. Yeah. And Once you get down trouble. to just appearing at a building one time a week, which is a great thing to do, but today, what is today, Tuesday? Today is Tuesday. Uh, so everyone, all of our listeners will understand uh, the reason you never read the term going to church is because that doesn't explain anything. Right now, we, along with you who are listening, are worshiping God in spirit and truth, and we're remembering Jesus, our Savior. We're challenging you to love God and love each other. And it's Tuesday, so you say, <laughs> the church is meeting. The church is meeting here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we just got to start thinking like that instead of saying, so when I walk out the door, the worship service is over on Sunday. No, it's really going to crank up on Monday morning. <laughs> then it's going to carry on through Tuesday, and it's going to last to the next time we come back in here for a couple of hours. You got a think, little bitty glimpse of the way the whole thing works. A that's right. Bit. You got to think of the church uh, instead of a, a a name or a building or a group of people that gather up once a week. The church, if the church is the body of Christ, then it's a living organism. It's not more of an organism than it is an organization. Right. Right. And whatever Jesus was busy doing in his body while he was here, it's what we ought to be doing as his body while we're here. That's the function of the church. Basically, it's a reproduction of the life of Christ with a variety of people with talents and abilities that God's given them to do what Christ was doing. Yep. But when you when you get it down to four walls and how you do a service and all those kinds of things, you lose focus really, really quick if you're not careful. You get, get where the gospel all of a sudden isn't first importance and you get wrangling with religion and fighting over things, and it's just that's not what it was designed. It's not how it's designed within the New Testament in terms of being the body of Christ. So you fast forward 2,000 years. The Apostle Paul is talking to the Ephesians. I became a servant of this gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. God becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried, raised from the dead. By the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power, striking him down on the road and getting him lined out, 
Although I am less than the least of all God's peoples, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles in the Acts chapter 10, where we are now, when Cornelius and them and the food law started, to the, uh, stopped, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. You say, it took a long time <laughs> for people to even figure out who Jesus was, what he did, for ages past was kept hidden in God by my count about 5,000 years, who created all things. His intent was, God's intent, I hope all of y'all are listening, was that now, beginning 2,000 years ago right at it, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers, authorities, and the heavenly realms, the evil one, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And that's seven days a week, not just one little session at a church building. The that's days right. of God doesn't live in church buildings. He lives in the church, his people who are worldwide. So we just need to pick the momentum up a little bit and go forward. Yeah, and that was uh, the be bold doing it because the times are the times are kind of like they were two thousand years ago. It's still persecution. It's still there. Just need to suck it up and go forward. And it feels like I mean there's a feeling, wouldn't you say, that it's kind of ramping up to, to more of that confrontation. I think so. Uh, you know There's going to be more confrontation, not less. No doubt. Right. But sometimes if you don't have confrontation, you don't really uh, are, you don't really have the ability to see one side against the other. Uh, sometimes the confrontation makes things cl- clearer for people. But I, I think there's a pur- I think there's a purging going on. There's a pruning going on uh, with uh, with with churches and it, especially I think in 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 terms of mega churches around, yep. you know, you get thousands and thousands of people on a worship service type thing. I, look, I'm proud for every person who worships God, you know, regardless if it's 50 or 5,000. But I do think it's real easy for there to be thousands of unconverted believers. But they've confessed a belief, but when the pandemic hits and the pruning starts, all of a sudden they're out. You know, right. It brought so, a lot of problems with it. Someone said, so y'all are not into overthrowing the government. Y'all are into overthrowing the forces of evil, Yes, which, <laughs> which robs governments of what they should be. Exactly. We're, 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 we're looking at it from a spiritual angle, not a governmental one. What did you say, Dad? The last thing anybody will see you doing is what? Carrying a sign? Yeah, walking down the road with a stick in my hand and some calls that I've got. I'm like, no, I'm we're, not going to do that. We're mass communicate. Yeah, let's figure that. Let's take one last break. So, Mike, it's interesting <clears throat> in our last segment here. Um, yesterday was a year anniversary Yeah, from when the lockdown started you know, for our church. I mean, I guess across America, when basically – most churches just said, we're not me. I mean, you know, we were in national mercy. It's really amazing because a year goes by and you realize it just, it seemed like it was just yesterday, but I mean, that was quick. I can't believe how quick it's gone now. I was in New Orleans that week, actually at the governor's prayer breakfast, which by the way, he and his wife did a great job on that a year ago. That's when they first announced there was one case found and down there in Jefferson Parish. By the time I got down to New Orleans, 
there were 13 the next morning, and then uh, I spoke down at a church, and then by the time I left the next day, I don't know, there was 30-something, and, and all that was in New Orleans, and I told Susan, I said, we, we better get on out of here. Uh, You're not walking to New Orleans. You're walking out of New Orleans. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. So, uh, <laughs> But on that trip back, all of a sudden, Al, you and I are having conversations about, well, what are we going to do about Sunday? Yeah. You know, are we having I was supposed to we- preach. So I got my sermon all worked up. I was in Branson meeting with Phyllis and Tony, you know, and their families meeting their people. We had just met them, you know, a few weeks earlier. And so Kelly and I start getting on the phone. What, you know, what do you think? Well, we're still going to meet. So up till Friday, we were still we're meeting. We're still going to meet. You know, because they hadn't really said what was going to happen. The governor hadn't said. And then. But then, I'm a little old school. On it. I mean, I'm not much <laughs> for closing down. If it snows, I just, if you can come, come, you know, and we'll do whatever. We'll have something. We just, <laughs> we just down here on the river, the river rats and whatnot, <laughs> people down in here, we just uh, uh, took hold of the verse where Jesus said, where two or three of you, of you are gathered together in my name, I'll be there. Right. So we just went kind of underground. We said, fine. The, the pandemic came and went. I never caught it. Now I've been vaccinated, so I can't give it to somebody. So I'm thinking, I'm good to go. But the woman yesterday went up there to give blood. She said, yeah, where's your mask? I said, well, let's see. I never had coronavirus, <laughs> so I never caught it. And I've had a doctor research that, and he checks swabs. He sticks things up my nose. <laughs> he took my blood. He said, I never had any antibodies, so I, don't, I never caught it. I never had it. Now I've been vaccinated against it, so I can't give it to you, us talking here. So I said, I'm, I'm good without the mask. I've made it this far without a mask. I said, everybody said, well, I noticed that about as many catch it at, with mask on. I never wore anything, and I, I never caught it. So I said, I think I'm good to go, but whatever you want. I said, I'll, I'll have my mask. <laughs> I said, will that work? She said, she just looking at me. I said, what about that? I can, can you hear it? <laughs> Did she ever? What she ever say? She just, I just walked back in there and got ready to get the blood. Give him the blood. She thought, well, I guess that old dude. I was always. I, mean, I never had it. You've been wearing a mask. And now they hand. told me I'll never get it because I've been vaccinated. Why would I wear anything? Phil was wearing a mask around his head for years. Just well, right. realize it. Yeah. And he was the pioneer of social distancing. I, I never mean, had it. He's been distancing himself for long, people for 50 years. Him. That's exactly right. Been, you got the vaccine now, so you're never going to get it. So I'm thinking, <laughs> you can't get it from me. I can't get it from you. I said, I think we're good. Lift the mask. <laughs> and but I, now, not only should you have one, you should, you should be wearing two. Two masks, maybe even three. Three would be even better. If you get vaccinated against something and they say this, this thing is, you know, I got, I get you. I don't understand it. I at don't all. quite get it. Dad met his first Karen. We got a real Karen here today. So not you, Karen. You're a fantastic Karen. But these these people that are just going around. Now in their case, they're in the doctor's office, whatever. But I mean, you're just like you told her the deal. Which I guess she got it. But did she give you like a snarky look, like or she just. I think she just said, like, you know, I think she gave up on that. If you never had it, that means, you, and, 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 and you now are vaccinated so that you can't get it. I think you're pretty good to go now. I said, I, why don't we just. Well, you know that, that when you're out in public, you kind of have a look about you anyway. I don't but, go much to town, so, so, 
Dad gets up. Give blood and meet with the brothers, and that's about it. Dad gets up and walks out. He's wearing just the way he's wearing today, his uniform, the white T-shirt with the stains on it and the pants. Relax. And, and then he has an AR with him. So he's, so we got a table full of people. So Dad's walking by with his AR. I looked over at the California guy. And Noah, I said, Noah, is, that, is this the way you go to the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> carrying, carrying your AR? If you, if you read my mail, you would be armed, too, when you walked out the door. <laughs> Noah looked like, not in California. You're not be walking around with your AR in California. That ain't yeah. going to happen. But I remember the first Sunday, uh, uh, the, tell them what happened with our friend here. Yeah, so so the, our next podcast, we've got uh, our guest is here. Kenny. Oh, I'm jumping the gun on you. No, it's okay. okay. No, it's okay. It's, it's a perfect setup because we're almost out of time. So you're the perfect tease. Hell, you, could, you should do podcasts. I see? should try to do one. You should. You should. I think uh, <laughs> is One Kingdom going to start a podcast? Actually, we are. One Kingdom Ministry is going to have a podcast. We're going to teach guys all over the world. We have ambassadors all over the world. Yeah. And we're going to just open up the Bible and deal with grace and truth. And Great idea. Uh, it's going to be a, a Ryan Lee's going to Help kind of line it up for One Kingdom. It's our missions uh, uh, ministry, and so I, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So it's Mike and good. I, Mike and I preached together for for ten years at WFR, and then I left to be a part of the whole Duck Commander Duck Dynasty world, and really never came back to preach. But we were all three elders at our church. And then Mike works for One Kingdom now. So when Trent left, our our preacher, our I pastor, thought I'd handed that all over. I thought well, we, I thought we passed a, the baton and tried. they gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Mike and I are working for free. But I don't know about you, Mike, but I've never felt freer. I mean, like because I don't worry about church work. The part I don't like, that never really, you know, like we talk about, you know, people that you know are difficult sometimes because they're people. And so the church work is hard. It's hard on preachers and pastors because you get deflated. If people are just griping about this or I'm mad about that, or Mike said the other day, is, you know, we're taking out all the pews and putting chairs at WFR. And he said, I know some of you are already figuring out where, because you lose your pew. You've been on the same pew, you know, oh, and, be, and now be you're not going to know where to go because there's just going to be a bunch <laughs> of chairs in there. Most of the time, love for each other comes slow, boys. It does. <laughs> it comes slow. In fact, somebody asked me, said, can you think I could come and get my pew? Could I? <laughs> Please do, because yeah. we're trying to get rid of it. Haul them off. So Mike Mike works for our outreach ministry, which is One Kingdom. And Dad and I, are, we've contributed for years to different causes under One Kingdom. Because I, what, what I love about the mission statement, because One Kingdom's been around a long time. It used to be World Radio, is to preach the gospel to every person in their own language. Yep. And it's the same thing we started here. With the Great Commission. Book of Acts all over. All you, over You again. think about Acts 2, when everybody's hearing in their own language, is really just a future vision of the of the verse in Revelation where he says, finally, they're all gathered around the throne, all these folks that have been saved, yep. and they're praising God, and they're from every nation, yep. and then they're in every language. And so he starts a, with made the, us a kingdom and a, a Yeah, people. he starts with the end in mind. When he does that next, yeah. which is why I love we, that you guys changed the name a few years ago, Ben did to One Kingdom because that's the idea. It's One Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is worldwide. So any of you podcast listeners that are interested, go to onekingdom.org, and that's one of our church ministries. But just see what these guys are doing; it's incredible. And so I don't oh, know. Yeah, I, we'd love to have you on board. Love for you to look and see what's going on. Partner, partner with people. So, so just to just to close out. So our next podcast, uh, Kenny's here, and Kenny was here that day. It was his birthday, which was yesterday, and uh, and he was there that first day we had the lockdown, the first lockdown live stream. Which has now grown into a great ministry. We got people. Which listening. we had one person in the audience, and it was a visitor. 
That's right. That, <laughs> they were at Hannibal, I think. Yeah, they didn't yes. get the memo. Remember, a few people. But yeah, but then Kitty, then it was on his birthday, and then it was his rebirthday because I brought him down here, and, uh, and and you met him and and baptized him in the river, which we'll yeah. talk about that with him. But it was really interesting because I thought about that today with you guys both being here, that that was a year ago. And yet, look what God has done through the live stream you had what eight states oh, yeah. worth of people that uh, yeah. were there Sunday? Eight or ten state, different states. You know, I'm like, boy, they thought like the way this. Y'all thing. are baptizing over there. We baptized five of WFR. I mean, it's just it feels like all, acts. That's you got people it, all over the world on the live stream uh, the video. Uh, they're writing in. They're asking Bible questions. We're studying with them. Yeah. We're. Uh, I made a trip up to Illinois. We're gonna make some more trips to connect some of our. Uh, uh, Live stream, basically live stream members, of yeah. WFR that are living everywhere. Yeah, so those yesterday were from uh, Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where Odessa is, but uh, but it was a family group: a husband, a yeah. wife, and a daughter. I told that daughter, I walked by, I said, "You look like her." It was her mother there, you know. Yeah. She smiled, you know. I said, you look like that woman with you. <laughs> I was like, Dad, small talk, because you never know what he's going to say. But people love that when he makes the little comment. They were some great people. All right, well, thanks for being here, Mike. You, oh, you, fail, you failed in admirably for Jace. You were in Jace's chair. You weren't argumentative well, or rude or I know I'm not. I know I'm not as as positive as Jace is about everything, but you know, I try. I mean, Keller, what takes dude. care of getting rid of the stories because he never runs out of stories <laughs> is the label, unless that woman of his is sitting beside him. Then the stories uh, yeah. fizzle out. Yeah, I told Dad about what happened here yesterday. I'm sorry I missed that one. You got to check it out. It's it's uh, it's quite the podcast. And I was thoroughly entertained <laughs> by watching him squirm. So check it out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.